and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel and I am joined in person by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. Tom, nice to see you from two metres away. Yeah, really nice, mate. You haven't um, managed to, to sort out the, the, the proper microphones and stuff, though, for um, for our first live uh, live podcast. So, yeah, some things never change. Um, you know, well, how long have we been doing this now? Two and a half years, is it? Well, how long have we been doing this now? A little peek behind the curtain. This is take, what, three or four of, of us recording this podcast. You, um, yeah, a bit of stage fright, being back in my presence, I think it was. Struggling early doors, mate. You know, we don't have uh, 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 2,700 fans um, watching us from the stands, but uh, yeah, still still, uh, still feels odd talking into a microphone at times, G, but um, yeah, we're getting the hang of it slowly. Great to see you, Tom. And, and Tuesday night, um, mm. we've got some midweek rugby nearly upon us. Obviously, tonight it is Bristol against Northampton Saints, and then tomorrow, the blue, black and white back in action against Worcester Warriors. And we're going to come to that, and we're going to preview that game with the team news um, kind of in our armoury, so to speak. But uh, before we do that, Tom, we've got to talk about the Bath-Quinns victory. Um, so stick around on the podcast for the preview of the Worcester game. But first, we're going to break down the Quinns win Tom, um, and, and how did you kind of how how did you assess the the overall uh, performance before we delve into uh, the, the specifics of the game? Yeah, it was great. I mean, we yeah, we really we, we really didn't start well. Um, I thought they were kind of all over us early doors, and we looked like we were kind of still on the still on the team bus. Obviously, I think they were they were buoyed by mm. what were you know quite a loud set of of two and a half or or, or so thousand fans that there were. Um, and yeah, we we looked off the pace, and one of those games that I thought, oh no, um, you know, Bath will be on the um, the, the wrong side of. Um, uh, you know, a game that that's uh, you know won as a, with the 16th man in the stands um, and all that kind of thing. G, but um, we turned it around really well, and I thought we we kept our composure well. We didn't let the game get away from us. We stayed in touch during that period at the start when when Quins were kind of all over us, which I think was important. And then when we were able to, when we were given an opportunity, mm. um, when Quins did make that that first mistake. Um, we were able to, or should I say, Rory McConaughey, as ever, was able to to, to capitalise on it and get us get us right back in the game. Um, and I think that really kickstarted um, the, the the dominance that we showed for for the um, the remainder of the game. Really, mm. yeah. Just on that slow start, Tom, it was just kind of ill discipline, kind of really passive defence as well from mm. from the backs at times, just mm. allowing them to get really easy meters. And 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 I think at the scrum we gave away, you know, a free kick and then a penalty, both for for kind of early engagement. Joe Marler, I think, bringing that out of Will Stewart, showing his experience over the less experienced Stewart. Um, and, and Quinns were kind of rewarded, as we say, with a Joe Marchant try to. Make it seven uh, nil on six minutes, Tom, um, and then you know it kind of a few penalties exchanged uh, Priestland for us and, and Brett Heron for them, um, 
and then, and then as you say, kind of it got to a thirteen six on seventeen minutes, really slow start from Bath, and then the the, the moment of, of brilliance from McConaughey to score in the corner. Tom, is there a better winger in the country right now than Roy McConaughey? I think you, you, you can't really argue with the fact that he is the he is the form winger right now. You know, um, four tries from four games. They obviously had a brace in the in the game against Quinns to, to to make it five from four. He's been absolutely prolific, and I think what he does so well is is just that his game is so free from error mm. that everything he does is kind of a positive contribution to the team um, but yeah that, that that first try in particular I thought you know really opportunistic right place right time and this is the guy who you know won't be that familiar with the kind of kickoff um, and exit setup that 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 Quinns were trying to execute um, obviously having played a lot of a lot of 15s he saw the opportunity um, and then you know showed incredible speed and strength to um, get past Chris Ashton um, to pick up the ball uh, two guys kind of trying to um, you know get him out into touch right in the corner and to, sh- to transfer the ball to his right hand as he did mm. and to, to get the ball down in the corner just as his um, as his left hand his left side was about to, about to touch down yeah Really, really accurate finishing, um, and uh, Eddie Jones again there in yeah. the stands, um, yeah, watching McConaughey, um, and uh, yeah, I think um, kind of chalk and cheese really there when you look at uh, the, the 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 McConaughey on the one hand who who will be looking to to get back in the England squad as we've spoken about, and Chris Ashton and Nathan Earl who are obviously on the fringe of that squad as well. Um, I think um, Eddie Jones being the sensible sensible coach, sensible selector that he is. Um, we'll, we'll have McConaughey way above those two at least. Yeah, I mean way above. I think everyone in the country. I think the only um, winger that could come close to, to Roy McConaughey is a guy who we haven't seen for ages, and that's Big Joe Thockenasiga. Um, not, not biased, I know. <laughs> well, call me biased, but who's better than McConaughey at the moment? I think they. Yeah, I think. In, in, like I say, in terms of form, and I, I think McConaughey should be in that that England squad. Don't get me wrong. He needs to get some more experience at international level. Obviously, he went to the World Cup. Um, uh, only played the one game there, one try, one from one. Um, and, Thirty and, meters and, out. Yeah, huge. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's, we are, you know, very deep in that particular position, and there are guys who are proven at international level and at Lions level. Um, Elliot Daly, Anthony Watson, obviously being the starting wingers for the Lions last time out. Johnny May, Jack Nowell, um, with you know international pedigree. So. Um, I'm not getting ahead of myself right now um, because I think at this current moment he, Jones would probably up with the with the experience. But I think if McConaughey continues what he's doing at club level, he will get the opportunity again uh, 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 to, to to build on that experience and to become a bit more established in that England team. You know, with the the improvements that he's made in just a couple of seasons in in 15s, um, who knows where the limits are? So um, mm. yeah. Could well be. Yeah, and I think it's a great opportunity not to get too sidetracked on this, Tom, for Jones, given that you know it was a World Cup now in, what, three years, to try someone like McConaughey to get that experience and, and see if what he can do with the run of games in an England show. Because we saw what he can do with the run of games in, in a Bath shirt, and he's fantastic. And not just because he's a friend of the podcast. I think there's little doubt that he's a form winger, and he's, for me, the best winger in the land right now. Um, another guy who I thought kind of played quite well in that first half Tom was uh, in, in the back three for Bath was, was Anthony Watson uh, and, and, and he was running so strongly there was one really nice piece of work he did uh, on the on, on the left 
touchline when he kind of almost overbalanced to go out of touch with the ball, kind of left it behind him, came back almost like one of those catches you see in cricket when they go over the boundary and mm. come back on. Um, and just mm. his general running uh, from, from from collecting the ball was fantastic. And he started four of the five games for, for Bath in lockdown. How great is that to, to see him play some consistent rugby uh, for Bath before, unfortunately, he had to go yeah. off at half time? I was going to say, we don't we don't want to jinx it, G, because he, um, you know, he did go off with a, with a hamstring injury well, um, on the on the half time up. He was on the bench though, and he was looking. Mm. Um, he didn't look to have kind of padding on or or. or... So- I'm going to show you a photo now, and I'll, t- I'll tweet this out from the Bath Rugby Plug account. Uh, it's of Watson oh. on the bench with his right foot in what looks like an ice bucket, not looking very happy. What, Tom, Dr. Tom, has he injured there? But it doesn't look like his hamstring. <laughs> no, I know. It was reported to be his hamstring. Um, yeah, that looks like it. <laughs> Either must be, um, must be ankle or his, or his Achilles that he hurt, or he's getting himself a, um, a little pedicure um, uh, while, he's, while he's sitting on the bench. He's I don't got- know. It's some... Um, He's got those, you know, those little fish that they have to yeah, bite your skin. Yeah, kill, yeah. Um, it looks like he's got one of those. I'll tweet it out because obviously this doesn't make the great radio. But it's Anthony Watson looking pretty uh, glum on the t- on the sideline with his right foot in a in a bucket, almost like it's stuck in there. But um, yeah, so it can't be hamstring on, on the basis of that. Yeah. Hopefully, it isn't Achilles, given uh, the problems he's had with his Achilles in the past, Tom. But yeah, thought he was massively impressive in that. Yeah, we start. we all see, and you know, we've we've spoken about this before, but um, it would just be so good to have some kind of. Um, um, sort of reporting and some kind of transparency from Bath Rugby on the state of those injuries because mm. you know it wasn't just Anthony Watson that that, that, that limped off um, and you're right to say you know he started really really well in that first half he was um, you know he, he's so elusive when he gets ball in hand and any space um, he just beats people in a phone box um, but it was also Ben Spencer who um, looked to have hurt his his ankle um, in that <laughs> Right. Yeah. In that, in that, in that second half as well. So two very, very key guys there, um, and two guys where you know they are very much the first choice, um, first choice guys in in, in their position. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that. Um, that that those guys um, they, those guys are right. Obviously, yeah. they're not not being selected for Worcester, um, but but probably given the rest anyway. But hopefully, we see them kind of back in contention for for, for the sale game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nice little tease there, Tom. Before we come on to to the Worcester team news. Um, <coughs> excuse me. That's gone down the wrong way. Right, Tom. Moving on into the game. Um, as I say, thirteen all. Then when McConaughey crashed over. Um, and Bath were, were soon to to score their their second try of the afternoon, and, and kind of this next piece of play really highlighted for me the night and day between the two scrum halves on the day. And I think it's our duty um, on this podcast, given the one-eyed nature of one of the, the commentators uh, on the day on Saturday, to kind of give uh, the other one-eyed opinion on this scrum half battle. And I don't even think it's one-eyed to say Danny Kerr was was really poor on the day, shoveling shit back to, to the fly half. Josh Bayless doing really well to get onto it. Nice offload um, to, to, to Ben Spencer, who opportunistically grubbed through because he knew he was going to go out, made Mike Brown carry it over for a five-metre scrum, where, where our next try was 
was was going to come from. Tom, thoughts on, on the scrum half battle on the day? Well, I was going to say if, um, if if Ben Spencer continues his current form, and if I have a if I have a son, I might um, might consider him for godfather. I think. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, it's difficult. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, Ugo Monier's uh, um, and Delalio and some of the guys are still very involved with the clubs. They're still mates with a lot of the players, and so it, it must be difficult for them. I think if some of my best mates were playing and I was in his position, I'd. I'd, I'd be biased, um, so I, I don't begrudge him for that. But again, I think they shouldn't be put in in the situation that, that yeah. they are. But you, you're completely right. He um, he he completely dominated um, that particular battle. And if again, if there's any doubt in Eddie Jones' mind, having watched the, that particular one-on-one, um, that, that, that there won't be any more uh, for sure. But yeah, a great kick through from 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 Spencer. Um, and Mike Brown went back and I thought fielded it well and didn't really seem to to, to touch it down um, and sort of was, uh, was was remonstrating with the referee as, as a result but got that five metre scrum and I think from from that position um, we got the distancing sorted out that, that had led to a couple mm. of free kicks um, and a penalty actually earlier um, in the game um, and we got ascendancy and, and to be honest from from that close uh, we it just showed how dominant we were in that front five an area that we we highlighted as um, on paper uh, being a, a seeming advantage for Bath, and we certainly stepped on the gas. Um, and always like to see uh, Elliot Stook um, come up mm. from a emerge from a mass of bodies, um, tongue out normally, um, absolutely <laughs> loving it. Is and he, um, uh, try 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 to his name. Is he playing his best rugby for Bath, Tom? Because I think certainly Josh McNally is playing his best rugby for Bath. Is it a question of iron sharpening iron there? Possibly, yeah. I think Suki's not um, probably not had as much game time as, as McNally. It seems like McNally's kind of first choice. He's really stepped up his game and and is um, you know I think probably um, rightly so in that in that kind of first choice pairing alongside Charlie Yules. Mm. Um, you know I think Elliot Stuke with with game time um, uh, uh, in particular get you know get get his confidence up a bit more. I think he'll he'll get back to the levels that. That we've seen, and a try will certainly um, will certainly give him that confidence. Um, I, yeah. actually, I actually think he's playing really well. I just think McNally's playing playing better than him at, at the moment, and and I think Stuke is maybe playing his best stuff, but he can't get in that 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 you know front two partnership yeah. with 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 you with you. I'm just thinking, was it earlier on in the season or, or last season when he was a uh, you know you had Ben Kay on on BT Sports saying that he was one of the formerly form second rows in the league and should be considered for for England and that was you know around the time when he was really playing confidently through mm. that kind of you know 30 meter pass or whatever it was that full pace um off his off his left yeah. hand for, for that particular try. I'm not sure he's quite um, I'm, I'm not sure he's quite at, at that level. We've we've not seen him. Um, I'm trying to think. We've not seen too much of him so far this season. I would say compared to yours and, and McNally. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I think this was maybe a second start since the the restart. And I think McNally looks to have come back an even bigger man than than kind of he went away in the lockdown. You know, he won't be the only one, but he seems to have put on some good weight, uh, and he's really playing s- some great stuff. And and I think at the time when Stook was playing. Uh, some some good rugby at the back end of last year towards the back end of Todd Blackadder's time at Bath he was playing so much rugby he almost played every game I think of, of that final year of 
of Blackadder's um, tenure because we had so many injuries in the yeah. second row. And I think now he, he's kind of found himself in a battle with McNally for that five or four shirt. And, and I think it's bringing the best out of him, certainly, and certainly the best out of McNally. Yeah, and that, that's what we want to see. I think when, when McNally came over from London Irish before before this season, yeah, mm. before this kind of extended season, I guess, he'd been playing a bit of six, a bit of second row, um, and he did, he, you know, he did a bit for Bath in that kind of first half of the season pre, pre-COVID. I think he'd clearly been told, gee, as I think Mike Williams has, that, that McNally will be you know, a lock principally and that Williams will be will be a six. And mm. I think as a result we've seen um him come back and, and you know look a bit of a mm. look a bit of a machine. Um and you know he's he's clearly stepped up. He's been rewarded with the with the captaincy um in the another in, in the yeah in the in the team <laughs> that, that will face Worcester tomorrow night. And I think that's well deserved. He's got experience of of, of captaincy at, uh, at London Irish um, experience of, of captaincy in other areas of his life as well, having been in the um, being in the, the military. Uh, G. So I think it's, it's well deserved for him, um, and we've certainly, I think, got three locks that are um, really fighting it out to, to get in that in that starting shirt. And then you know, not to forget um, uh, Will Spencer as well, hugely experienced guy mm. um, who, who who can't get a game at the moment. Mm. Right back to the game then, Tom, the Quinns game, and yeah, that made it. Uh, I think it was. <laughs> quite easy to, to push over there Quinn's not much uh, uh, defence really I think it was only two phases we actually had to go through on on, on those pick and goes real good work to latch on but but Quinn's kind of rolling over much more easily than I think Jerry Flannery certainly was looking for in quite a, an angered interview that he gave in the second half that made it 13 points to 20 a really good turnaround in sort of five minutes there Tom that was the uh, half time score wasn't it and I, uh, it was thirteen twenty three. Oh, so we got that penalty as well. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that we were we were ten points up. I mean, we you know we had the ascendancy in that second half of the <clears> first forty, but I think early doors it they could have. Um, you know they held on to a few more of of, um, of, their, of their passes really, um, and and conceded fewer penalties. They they probably should have been um, further ahead in that first bit, and and should certainly not have been going into half time with a um, with a with a ten point deficit. No, so yeah, thirteen twenty three. It went in at half time. Tom, um, the other thing, one more thing, one more thing. I was really impressed actually. Preston's kicking from the tee. Mm. He was striking it so well, and you know you think that McConaughey try um, that he kicked right from the corner. He was um, he was really nailing all his opportunities and and he kicked mm. um, both penalty and, and conversion really well from the tee, which allowed us I think to to stay in touch in that first half as well. well. Let's talk a little bit about Priest and Tom just quickly because I think on this podcast we we've kind of suggested that whilst he is the best option for Bath now, certainly now, and probably was even when we had Freddie Burns on the books, um, we are still uh, hopeful of of a guy coming in to to, to take that that. Uh, fly half jersey off him but he got man of the match on the day Ugo Monnier was suggesting on the commentary that, that he's seriously underrated by Bath um, you know he does the basics very well can you see a long term future with a 33 year old Reese Priestland at fly half another good performance from him on Saturday yeah, I don't know I don't, I don't think there's a there's a long term future there necessarily and I think um, you know the club clearly didn't have that in mind when they um, when when they'd obviously um, announced that he wouldn't be they wouldn't be renewing his um, his contract. Um, but you know he's, he's he's playing very good rugby. Um, you know, and in terms of his skill set and what he can bring to a team, mm. he's kicking extremely well, both out of hand and and from the tee. Probably you know maybe no one in the league is striking it as well as him at the moment. Mm. Um, uh, and 
and, and you know, I thought he um, his tackling as well, his defence kind of putting his body certainly on the line. Um, the, the the area G that I you know I, I think he has limitations um, is just in terms of getting our attacking game going and bringing those guys out wide um, into the game. And I, I think that's kind of always been the case. And that's why we always had this Burns versus Priestland thing because mm. they did offer um, so many different, uh, sort of such different uh, different things. And, you know, and I would like to see, I think, someone um, potentially a bit more well-rounded and potentially able to unleash those backs a bit better um, brought into the team in the long term. So no long term future, Tom. But is there a sort of one to two year future with Priestland and allow Orlando Bailey, who is on the bench against Worcester, to to develop? He's only eighteen currently, but say he gets to twenty, two more years of Priestland doing this, Orlando Bailey then can step in. Allah, Nick Evans, Marcus Smith at Harlequins. Is that not an option? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and, and that, that you know that might end up um, end up happening. I mean, Bailey's so unproven at the moment. You know, he's um, he, he's clearly very talented very highly rated um, but we need to see what he can do when he does step up to to, to kind of the top level of, mm. of, of club rugby um, you know that's that's something that you could potentially see see happening down the line um, that said you know I think if there is the opportunity to to bring someone of, of a really high quality in um, and we've had rumours circulating that you know there's still um, there still are kind of rumours that you hear out hear about Pollard or or whoever um, floating around. I think if there is that opportunity, um, I'd like to see uh, the, the club mm. take it. Um, but you know, Preston's certainly not not you know we shouldn't scoff at um, a, a, a kind of 21 points in the game as, as a personal haul, controlling the game, kicking really well for that certain kind of match and that certain kind of. The gameplay against the opposition, um, he's very effective. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's not. It's not always the case. Yeah, I think what he allows us to do, Priestland, is he allows us not to panic and just makes make a silly decision at fly half because I think he he could be an option. And yeah, as you say, if the right guy does become available, fine. But if he doesn't, we've still got um, kind of the the safe pair of hands. I think is is maybe not a, a very uh, nice way of, of of describing a player at times. But I think we've got that option of, of Priestland maybe as a bridge to someone like Orlando Bailey. Um, moving into the second half, Tom, as I say, 13-23, we led. Watson off, as we mentioned. Tom de Glanville on. And two very nice early touches from, from de Glanville. Bath come out of the blocks flying. You know, One nice break down the left-hand side and then one nice kick through to, to pin Quinns back in their own half uh, on the right-hand side. Um, and then we go wide again on the left-hand side uh, and, and a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of rugby. The, the, the nicest piece of rugby of the day from, from Cam Red. Path uh, to set McConaughey down the wing uh, and Bath uh, uh, in again uh, to, to almost put the game to bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a such a big fan of of Cameron Path mm. as, as I've said um, since since the restart. Tom De Glanville as well. I think in, in those two guys we've got um, some real potential um, and, and just real class given how the young they are. But um, you know that from Red Path was was brilliant because he'd he, he'd made some mistakes. In, in the first half, and I think he, you know, he, he continued to do so at, at times in the second half. A few mm. drop balls. Um, uh, I think at times he was disconnected with Joseph in defence and, and missed tackles on his mm. on his outside shoulder there. Um, 
so you know to have the confidence in what is it only his um he's only played a handful of, of premiership games only started in a couple to have the confidence to um you know carry on back your skill set get on someone's outside shoulder get your your right hand over the over the tackle and and give the offload there um is is brilliant and is testament to his his confidence in himself mm. and and also and also his talent so um you know, he, he did make a few mistakes, but ultimately we still got a bonus point win. So there's mm. no there's no better environment um, to, to to make those mistakes. Mm. And, and um, you know I think he should focus on um, the real positive impact he had, for example, with that with that try, um, mm. and, and kind of continue to continue to build his confidence. Because mm. yeah, as you say, that was that was absolute class. And I think it's um, it's kind of as I've said before in the, on, in the last couple of weeks, it's what we've been missing. I think in mm. that in that twelve shirt mm. the distributor. Yeah, just on that that offload for for the McConaughey try, Tom. It, it's the way he took the ball in, got his hands through, and then he could have thrown the offload. But if you watch it, he delays it probably by half a second, just and then releases the ball, yeah, and that just draws draw Brown in yeah. and McConaughey's away. And that that was absolutely sublime piece of skill. But he makes way too many errors currently. He, he was dropping too many balls. You know, he made a break in 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 the first half where he just ran away from from his support, cost us a try, um, and. and Another one in the second half when De Glamble makes a break uh, and he tries a little flick out the back and, and he is making too many errors. But he is only what twenty years of age, yeah. uh, and and he reminds me so much of, of of Henry Slade when when he came onto to the field. You know, a mm. tall, elegant runner with all the ball skills you could want. Can kick, can pass, fantastic. But Slade used to make a lot of errors yeah. as well, um, and and Redpath making so many errors, but. He's definitely one to stick with because you look at a comparison between where we were, what, two years ago at Inside Centre when we were playing Ben Tapawai there and he was probably the first choice. And, you, you know, it was a direct comparison on Saturday, Tapawai against one, Red Path. Um, and, 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 yeah, I, I think you could just see the class that, that Red Path has uh, and, uh, yeah, what he can bring to... Um, to, to our attack but yeah it does need to tighten his game up slightly I think he's trying a bit too much at times yeah he, he is he's, he's trying really hard he's trying to make an impact he's trying to solidify mm. his position in that um, in, in that 12 shirt but as I say you know a bonus point win mm. um, you know it's not like his errors con- contributed to to a losing cause or a, you know a close loss and you know and ultimately had an impact on our our, our position in the table so um, yeah I think it, it's just little points of experience like you say running away from the defence from, from that Miles Reed offload um, uh, yeah, a couple of drop balls, just communicating in defence as well. Um, but but those things will come. And, and Henry Slade, as you say, well, particularly I think when he was in an England shirt, he would struggle to um, to, to string a game together without without making those mm. errors. Um, now he's an established international centre. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's him or JJ really as as our, as the, the the top choice thirteens for England. So um, absolutely need to stick with with Cam Redpath. He should be the number one choice now mm. um, in that twelve shirt. Um, going forwards and he has got some very very experienced guys mm. Jonathan Joseph outside and then obviously um, Reese Priestland um, uh, you know to learn from that mm. yeah I think we agree and exciting times uh, Redpart and Spencer two signings that, that we've seen since lockdown look, look fantastic acquisitions um, one thing I did uh, enjoy from, from, from this try so a great finish from Big Mac which can't go unnoticed um, giving Ashton a torrid day uh, and then Chris Ashton subbed off on a tactical switch but you know in front of the BT cameras and in front of Eddie Jones he he asked for an ice pack you know to to pretend that that was the reason he came off an absolute shocker for Ashton and Big Mac in again um 
Right, cruising on through into the second half, uh, Tom. Um, Kind of, you know, the next point was on 56 minutes when Reese Priestland made it 13-31 and then again another penalty from him uh, to make it 13-34 on 63 minutes. Um, The game not really going anywhere at this point. Quinn's making errors when they made line breaks and Bath's defence kind of flying about and causing more Quinn's errors. But Bath not really being able to to get a chance in in Quinn's 22. Yeah, and I thought, um, you know, we we spoke about game management following following a Wasps game and and making those decisions. And I think the BT guys certainly... Um, were were calling for Bath to kind of you know put on a bit of a show and the game was done and, and put the ball into the corner, um, but I think you know kind of why would you when you know that Preston's going to nail those you know it's a guaranteed three points and ultimately you can just extend your lead a bit further and ultimately with the you know the couple of tries that they scored mm-hmm. at the end. Um, you know, when we were down to, to 12 men, I think, you know, if we hadn't got those six points, um, it, it would have been a little bit close for comfort, particularly as our, you know, our other try, um, uh, no spoilers, was, was um, you know, uh, potentially a little bit of a bit, bit of luxury. Mm. Yeah. And I think when they they kind of scored a try, um, you know, finally took took a chance with Landajo uh, breaking after, you know, a bit of a nice play from Dombrand and that made it 20 points to 34 on 69 minutes and so if we hadn't got those two penalties yeah. it would have been 20 points to 28 and that's a very very different game and and it's very difficult because I think you know what what we're, can we kind of have an attitude of what would Exeter do who, who are clearly the top team in the league and there's no doubt what Exeter would do um, they'd go for the corner and back themselves and, and it's very difficult because I'd love us to have that attitude but as you say Priestland is, is kind of 95% from the, that range yeah. and so it's very difficult and yeah God plays your strengths mm, agreed and, and, and Priestland taking that to make it 13-34 made it 20, uh, made it 8 uh, 21, 21 point lead, which is obviously three converted tries. So I think from that point, the game is kind of is probably done, no mm. matter what they do. And that gave us, you know, seventeen minutes, which is an awful lot of time to to, to get that fourth try. Yeah, a couple of couple of I think things that I had um, I had kind of noted down for for those kind of you know as you say a quieter quieter period. And I think the first thing was just the the physicality um, that we were showing in defence, and obviously Quinn's really chasing the game, trying to um, I think be a bit more. Um, open in their play and <clears throat> and trying to get around the outside, um, but just absolutely no change for them in the midfield mm. at all. Beno Obano again coming mm. out of the line and just flattening people. Um, another another matchup: G Beno Obano, Joe Marler, um, mm. and, and and we've spoken about how strong England are in in the loose head position with with Unipola, with Genge, with Marler, um, with Hepburn at Exeter as well. Um, and again, another direct comparison for for Jones to look at. Marla picked up a niggle in the in the in the run into the game in the warm up, um, but I think he Benno is just so much more dynamic. Um, which ultimately, if you're fighting for a second or third choice loose head coming off the bench, um, ultimately for for Mako probably um, that sort of dynamism and, and being able to make that kind of impact um, as a finisher, as Eddie Jones would say, I think is something that he would he would be looking for. So um, another, uh, we'll probably won't have anyone left in our squad when Jones um, selects his, <laughs> his England um, his England uh, squad at this rate. But yeah, so Benno was, was one, and then Rocco Daguni as well, who we haven't mm. mentioned much so far since the restart. Um, one moment of of brilliant feat to to make Nathan Earl 
uh, look look fairly silly on that on that right wing for Bath, um, and then a huge hit that he put in on on Mike Brown, um, which I, I particularly uh, mm. particularly enjoyed that one. G put him down, and, and you know he stayed down, and um, uh, <laughs> we really did not make it easy for them for them to chase the game. Um, and do you want to say something on that? Or? Well, no, I, I was just going to go on to to kind of segue on to uh, the, the the other loose head who made a big impact on the day, and that was that was Lewis Boyce and, and his try, Tom. And, and Ben Obano is great, but it does Ben Obano get in from an interception from forty? Oh, I'd like out? I'd like to see that. Oh, yeah, no. brilliant, brilliant <laughs> stuff from from Boyce. He is surprisingly quick, isn't he? Well, not even surprisingly quick because he's you know he's not as as big built as 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 Benno is or as Will Stewart is, and he's very powerful. <laughs> Well, so it is this so yeah Will uh, uh, Lewis Boyce, Lewis Boyce. Um, in for an interception from from a, a James Lang pass now Tom Lewis Boyce obviously on Quinn's book last last season is yeah. that as simple to say he's just read the play because he knew it or is that kind of simplifying the, the game way too much yeah I don't think it is I think he, he, he as I said with, with, with Ben I think he's flying up the line um, trying to nail his man and then suddenly he finds himself in a bit of space <laughs> with the ball um, the ball in his hands um, probably it probably was as, as kind of simple as that I would have thought yeah. uh, it all happened so quickly and when you're not used to being in the midfield there um, I think you, you just find yourself with the ball and, and sprinting full pace to, towards the um, t- t- towards the post. He got so, his head down. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant, and he he, he took it really well. Um, as I say, he looked look quick, and having been um, uh, you know on, on Quinn's books, as you say, he would have particularly enjoyed scoring that one against his um, mm. his old club. And I think that's a story that will be told and told down the generations of voices. Um, each generation, the, the running will become longer and longer, forty meters um, up to fifty meters, sixty meters. Um, and, and then you know, um, in, in a few centuries' time, probably all the way from the wreck he ran, um, <laughs> all the way from Farley House. So um, yeah, great, great for him. And that was a um, you know, I think a really nice moment actually because you saw all the guys on the bench standing yeah. up and just um, absolutely loving that try. Obviously, that was the bonus point try as well. That we, it was really important that that, that we got um, to, to you know to, to keep up in that in that top four, top five area. Um, so yeah, great moment, um, and uh, yeah, I imagine he's telling everyone about that in training all week. Hey, I tell you, one person he he could tell about that all week is Cam Redpath. I think when Cam Redpath made his break and tried to go under the sticks, he got caught. But Boise head down showed Brett Heron a clean pair of heels, and yeah, he was clearly ecstatic. There was no way in the world he was getting uh, caught or passing that for, for 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 another one. Yeah, fantastic to see, and 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 a great bloke in in the kind of small interactions we've had, Tom, with Lewis Boyce. Yes. Seems like a top top bloke, so um, really really happy for him. Um, that made it twenty one forty on seventy one minutes. Tom, um, our most points ever at the stoop, uh, which is you know quite a remarkable statistic really, uh, especially given uh, you were saying Tom we're not going to score any points because we've appointed a scrum specialist as our head coach. What do I know, G? What do I know? Scrum's <laughs> not going badly, though. No, Scrum's not going badly. Um, should we move into the last 10 minutes, then, then Tom, and touch on a few points here? Yes. Um, so, yeah, say 20 points to 41. Um, and then I think, maybe worryingly so here, uh, Quinn's really picked the pace up a little bit. 
and, and Bath at times, you know, like against Wasps, uh, looked a little bit ragged when 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 the the halfbacks picked the pace up with quick taps and kicking to the corner quickly. Um, Ill discipline also uh, costing us. Chudley not being able to exit a couple of poor kicks as well. Um, we need to get better, don't we? At, at seeing these games out, you know, London Irish was another one where we conceded tries late on. Yeah, I think so. You know, we 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 became quite ill disciplined. Um, you know, conceded a you know a number of penalties. I think we conceded something like nineteen penalties all in all in mm. the in the eighty minutes. And I think you know, a significant portion, probably up to half of those, are in that mm. in that last twenty minutes. So um, that didn't help. And then obviously, guys started um, going to to the sim bin on on kind of team yellow cards. Um, we lost uh, Jack Walker and then lost <clears throat> Tom Dunn. Um, uh, we didn't have. Um, the opportunity to to take an HIA and to to stay with stay with four, thirteen men, unfortunately. So Josh Bayliss came off as well. Reese Priestman was packing down um, uh, at flanker, and Will Chudley at number eight um, in the uncontested scrum. Um, and you so know, we saw that law correctly applied this week. Then, well, yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm still baffled that they've they've not it's, it's not been more widely reported. Um, obviously, yeah, there's really no arguing with that when there are two yellow cards as opposed to injuries, <laughs> as as was suffered with. Um, but I think you know even in in that scenario, I think yeah we did concede that that try at the end um, from, from James Lang, but uh, twelve on fifteen um, with you know three man advantage out wide and Quins were really still unable to um to take all the opportunities that that, that they got themselves um, you know the amount of ball they coughed up and and, and for all the good bath defense i think we you know we should say as well quins were pretty poor on the day and you, you only had to pan to paul gustard's face at the end of the game he would have been absolutely um absolutely furious with that you know 20 out of 100 and 106 tackles missed 19 turnovers conceded um, in the game is 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 truly truly shocking. Are we pulling his hair transplant out? <laughs> he will be. Fair enough. <laughs> has he had a hair transplant? Not a very good one if he has. He's <laughs> bald, still, isn't he? No, he's got a bit going on up there. <laughs> yeah, he he looked absolutely seething at the end. Um, yeah, he was, and as ex England defence coach as well, that that can't have come that Yeah, what did he do well. to bring snakes or wolves <laughs> or something into the England camp? So imagine they might be getting chased around the the stoop by some by some wolves. I don't know how he operates. <laughs> yeah, a bad day for Quinns, but um, Bath ran out victors twenty seven uh, forty one. I think probably it was maybe even easier than, than what that final scoreline suggested. Tom, a fourteen yeah, point win. Uh, they had two tries towards the end. Um, yeah, a really good performance from Bath after, as we highlighted, Tom, a, a pretty slow start. Um, so I, I was really buoyed yeah. by, by that. And, 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 and we were sharper, G. We were sharper, we were more mm. clinical. Um, and, and when we got into the red zone, we mm. we, we made it pay. And, and, and we, you know, 29 points from seven visits to yeah. 22. That's the kind of... Um, that's the kind of return on in, on 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 kind of investment that we want to see, um, and then Reese Priestland pinging it from from all parts anywhere really in in the opposition half he can he can he can get those three points. So um, yeah, much sharper um, and, and and much more clinical. Mm. And, and the quality of kicking there, you touch on Priestland, but from both halfbacks was was just fantastic. And and when was the last time Tom that that Bath won the battle of the halfbacks so clearly as what we won it on Saturday? Yeah. That that rarely happens, and it was night and day between the nines. And the a couple tens. of weeks ago, when we had Josh Matavesi. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point. Um, you want to pick out any standouts? Number three. 
Well, yeah, I think we've probably touched on most of them there. Big Mac, the halfbacks, Boise. I also thought Josh Bayliss uh, was excellent alongside Miles Reed, kind yes. of a, a double, uh, a, a double a whammy of, of sevens there, kind of trying to to win the battle of the breakdown. Something which I definitely thought they did. Yeah, I think Miles Reed, um, Bayliss did really well as you say. But I think Miles Reed was the the guy I wanted to to pick out. Um, a couple of really really good moments so um, for example what we were talking about when the Quins were battering the, 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 the door down I think Paul CK had come on um, he was looking fairly dangerous ball in hand fairly to say, to say the well. least Jesus yeah went over the top of Reese Priestland who um, you know put in a great effort and I'd be in about 50 pieces if the CK had run uh, that hard at me um, you know got behind our line he was right was right in front of our posts and Miles Reed from the scrum back behind the gate over the ball all the Quins guys flying over him but he stayed on his feet um, and, and won that jackal penalty and um, yeah we, we mentioned it last week that we, we are kind of lacking a bit of a, a bit of a jackal there in our in our first choice back row and um, yeah on, on Twitter G um, Ross Hamilton was uh, was tweeting about the the jackal uh, turnovers um, won this season in the Premiership mm-hmm. um, and, and Wasps are up there with with seventy one in first as as we found out last week um, Bath however down in tenth position uh, it with thirty eight. Uh, uh, Jackals ahead of Bristol with 26 Exeter with 29 as, as the lowest team and just ahead of Jack Willis individually with, with 31 mm. so anyway you know you can dispute the stats or dispute the no no I've got some thoughts on those stats yeah. do, do, does, do Jackal turnovers equate to wins Tom because Exeter are top of the table and they're bottom of that table Bristol are second in the table and they're second yeah. in that table so, so could it be argued that these teams have a tactic of staying out of the breakdown because therefore you give away less penalties and you can have more men on your feet in the defensive line. And therefore, you know, jackal turnovers isn't a stat which equates to, to successful rugby teams. Yeah, not necessarily turnovers. I mean, I, I think that we, we've obviously had the, the, the pleasure of Francois Lowe in our ranks for, mm. for many, many years and he's, we've got so used to seeing him do that. Um, I, I think the other side of the coin is we need to be a bit more effective of, of, um, of uh, you know, defending against that as well, uh, clearing out the breakdown mm. more effectively as we failed to do against Wasps. Um, I, I personally think that you know it is such a important defensive weapon. If you've got someone who, if they get a second, a millisecond really over the uh, over the breakdown over the ball, they can they can affect a turnover. That's such a powerful weapon hmm. um, in defence. And I think, as I say, we saw it with Francois Lowe. We saw last week how effective it can be with someone like Jack Willis. Um, Sam Underhill has, has, has done it in the past, and we know he can do it. Um, but I thought Miles Reed really brought that to the table on um, uh, in, in the win against Quinns. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do think that, especially with these new breakdown laws, Tom, where they're so much uh, tighter on, on anything at the breakdown, you're just at risk of giving away so many more penalties oh, yeah, yeah. By, by going in at the, at the breakdown. And, and therefore, as long as the team uh, are kind of on board with, 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 with staying out of the rucks and getting many defensive line, we've seen when Bath have been at their best, it's when we, we kind of have big defensive sets Guys like Ben Urbano are crashing around. And I think it's probably more of a question for Bath as maybe having one or two guys in the team. That's you right. have yeah. the option of, of doing it if they want to. But everybody else is told, get back on your feet and get in the line because you won't give away a penalty and then you can kind of be used elsewhere. That's right. And it's it's it, it's not a silver bullet at all. I'm, I'm not saying that. And I heard Steve Diamond actually talking in the um, in a Sale Sharks game. And he was saying that he's essentially said to his team that only three players that are allowed mm. to jackal are both Curry Brothers and, and Van der 
than Merbert the hooker. And I completely agree with you because whereas there's more of an opportunity at the breakdown to win penalties, there is, of course, more of an opportunity to give away penalties. And I don't want to see, um, you know, particularly some of the front row guys who have more of a tendency to, to lose their feet sometimes. I don't want to see those guys competing at every breakdown. I want to see them hitting tackles as, as we've seen them do so effectively. But I think Miles Reed is certainly very effective in that area. And I think it's just um, an additional element of his game that makes him more attractive um, uh, you know, and obviously um, with his with his ginger Barnet as well, a um, bit more notable when he does do it. Mm, yeah, and I think him and Bayless is quite an interesting battle because they're probably fighting for, for for one spot in that in that team. You know, I think similar guys. Would you would you agree with that? Similar age and, and similar. Uh, I think both probably play their best rugby at seven when they're making yeah. tackles and getting over the ball. So um, hopefully those guys, maybe like McNally and Stuk Tom, can kind of bring each other's game game forward. Yeah, com- yeah, I, th- I think so. And they're both very confident ball in hand as well. Mm. Bayless more effective sort of lineup operator, and we see him used quite regularly. Whereas Reed not so much, but then Reed more effective the breakdown. So yeah, it's a it's a good battle. I think um, you know, for me, Miles Reed is, is kind of edging it at the moment. Um, but 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 it's close. I think Bayliss can work on his discipline a little bit, mm. um, particularly around that breakdown area. Actually, um, I think it's, it's it's a very close one and definitely <laughs> worst problems to have in our squad. Yeah, for sure. And only Reed's second start, Premiership start, that Tom. So so a huge future ahead well, of him. Got an injury, didn't he? So. Yeah. Whereas Bayliss, I, th- I think Bayliss maybe him and Rocco Aguni have played the most minutes for Bath since the lockdown. So really? uh, um, in, interesting kind of difference in, in in experience levels there. But yeah, Reed certainly one 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 to watch. And one to watch, hopefully, Tom, as we move on into to the Worcester Warriors game. If that's all right with you, Miles Reed picked again at seven, uh, and Bath making eleven changes. I think, kind of as expected, more rotation for these midweek games. We've seen it in both of Bath's midweek games, so so this one and against Northampton Saints uh, that, that we are going to rotate uh, eleven changes, Tom. But but still, you know, I think maybe a credit to to the the the, the, the medical team and the recruitment team still looks a pretty strong side yeah you know it, it really does and I think right at the start of, of the restart of the season we looked at um, or we spelled out what our kind of two starting starting lineups would be um, and and it's very very strong and I think even with um, with this 23 you know we have got a couple of niggles I think around the squad and we're starting to to see guys left out of the 23 um, and these new guys come in so um, Ross Batty um, so our, a whole new front row that, that haven't played since the, since the restart. So Batty, Schumann, and Kieran Verdon coming in. Um, Orlando Bailey, Gia, who I know you'll want to you'll want to mention on the bench. Max Green, obviously, who's who's um, who, who suffered with uh, with injuries. Um, and then just you know a really really strong, well balanced team. I think some mm. some younger guys. A couple with some more experienced guys in the back line. De Glanville getting a start. Redpath again in. Gabe Hammer Webb, um, who we know what a what a talent he is. Um, and then Rocco Matabasi um, and and Chudley, I guess the the kind of the kind of more experienced guys there. So yeah, I'm 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 really excited, and I think um, uh, kind of buoyed by how much strength and depth. Um, there is there is in the, in, in the squad mm, that that bench in particular Tom Tommy there's some fascinating guys on there so Schumann Verdon as well a young tight end prop looking forward to seeing him yeah get out, I know you're looking out. forward to 20, him, yeah. 21 years old 120 kilos um, <laughs> England under 18 pedigree um, went on the went on the, the the tour of South Africa so he's he's kind of um, yeah, he, he he's gone to probably the hardest place to to scrummage as a tight head prop in the world um, as a as a young guy and an international 
um, age group level. So um, very much looking forward to, um, to to seeing what what he brings. G and then um, yeah, he looks, he looks <laughs> an absolute beast. Just he, looking at his um, his picture on the Bath Rugby website, he can barely fit in that. He looks a huge boy. Birthplace in Taunton as well. So um, yeah, if uh, you know if I'd been a couple of years younger, I may have may have come across him and probably, probably wouldn't still be with you. <laughs> yeah, him off the bench. Uh, Max Green, as you say, a guy who I'm looking forward to seeing come off the bench. Uh, and Orlando Bailey, Tom, another guy from from England under 18, England under 20, like Kieran Verdon. Um, a huge amount of promise, a huge amount spoken about this guy. Um, unlike I think De Glanville and Redpath, who who we maybe hoped uh, and kind of wished into the fly half position, this guy is undoubtedly a fly half. Um, bags of potential, uh, and he's probably going to get some game time on, on Wednesday night. And that's something which I'm I'm really really looking forward to. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've we we won't have seen him obviously in a um, in a, in a, in a bath shirt, uh, you know, first fifteen bath shirt. Mm. So um, very very highly spoken of, I know, in the um, in in the bath academy. And I think you know, I think it was um, pre kind of pre COVID. They the video released that, that we we spoke about. I think on our on our Twitter feed of sort of three and a half minute um, highlights package of Bailey, and he looks absolutely class, particularly. Um, you know, paired up with um, with Max Ajoma in the twelve shirt. So really looking forward to to seeing what what he's going to bring. And you know, him and Max Green off the bench, I think, is a very very exciting mm. exciting to do. And you know, you talk about the bench, the the young guys, really inexperienced guys coming off. Um, you know, what they will want to see next to them are two British and Irish lions, mm. Sam Underhill and Jonathan Joseph, coming on with them to kind of steady the ship as well. Um, and and just provide that 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 absolute that absolute class that that, that we know those guys possess. Underhill, a presumptive line, of course, only now and in Underhill's position in the back row, a really nice balanced back row to, to, to face Worcester Warriors Tom I think that's been an area where we, we maybe haven't got quite right since the lockdown is getting you know balanced back rows in games we've kind of wanted to get that star-studded back row of Mercer Falatau and Underhill together mm. whereas I think it would have been wiser and I think what they're doing now is splitting those guys up a little bit more to gain that yeah. that correct and, balance and particularly with the um, you know with the the volume of games the frequency of games that we've got we don't need to, to get those three guys playing um, playing together, I think all the time when we, you know when there's a game that we're, we're targeting. I think Tom Ellis at six definitely his best position, more of a traditional six. Does the hard yards, um, good carrier, um, basically just does all the gnarly work that the, the other guys in the back row won't um, won't want to do as much. And then Miles Reed, um, you know, a bit of a turnover menace as, as I've said, and then Zach Mercer just allowed to to roam free mm. as he does so so effectively, and I think so much more effectively from from the eight position mm. than the the blind side flanker. So yeah. Really, really happy with yeah. um, with with the balance of, of that back row, particularly with with Mike Williams, another six who um, you know I, I, I kind of rate as that kind of abrasive. A player similar mm. to, to Tom Ellis um, and then Sam Underhill to, to tear down some trees as well later on. Mm, looks a really good Bath team Tom uh, Worcester I think make 14 changes yeah. for their team uh, after uh, a team which got hammered by by Bristol last Friday night at six ways the only guy uh, who, who keeps his place is young Ollie Lawrence who, who, who's a really exciting player in, in the 13 shirt. Thoughts Tom on, on the Worcester Warriors uh, team yeah, I think it. I think it's. Um, you know, if, if you're a Worcester fan, I think you probably look at the two the two twenty threes and 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 potentially not 
not really look forward to to, to the game tomorrow night. <laughs> I think I've definitely been there. You know, for example, that Saracens game when we put our second team out and I had to trek all the way to North London. Well, it's not even North London, the north of England, Allianz <laughs> Park, to to go and watch that particular game. And you know, you obviously want to back your your young players, and they've got some 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 young players um, turning out. But I think when you look at the guys not playing. Um, you, you kind of get a sense for for the guy, you know the, the the quality really that they're missing, um, and that it really is a second team. So Duncan Weir, Francois Huard, Ted Hill, who, who is on the bench, Perry Humphreys, um, Nanai as well, uh, Marco Mama, GJ Van Belzer. So the more experienced guys who are kind of established Premiership players, unavailable or, or, or unselected, um, and you know they have gone for a, um, a a very young side, and and you know even when they have played the strong guys like you say they've, they've really struggled so only beating Quinns at home um, since the since the restart of, of, of the league um, and the big issue G is, is just the number of tries the number of points conceded so 185 points conceded in the five games uh, since the restart I'm, I'm pretty sure there's, that, that's the highest out of any team in the Premiership um, and, and you know we conversely have, have started with more kind of scoring power than we've seen for quite a long time um, so I, I think they'll kind of be watching Lewis Boyce running in from from ninety meters and and probably be quaking in their boots. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I do think it looks a, a real good opportunity for Bath. This Worcester certainly haven't come back uh, from from the restart in in any sort of form. Their only victory coming against a very hot and cold Quinns team, and, and we were laughing earlier, Tom, is when when you're the the um, the headlines of your team news is Ed Fido and Kai Owen bouncing back to the, the 23. Uh, maybe you haven't quite got the, the strength in depth which Stuart Hooper is kind of lucky to call on. Yeah, and I think in, in the same way, looking at the table, G, when mm. when when you think that that Quinns game was so important with Saracens having not been able to, to, to beat Wasps and not being able to to just do us a favour and just um, just beat our closest competition, Wasps obviously consolidating that that fourth place. So for us to get that five points against Quinns keeps us you know within one point. Wasps are hosting Leicester uh, tomorrow night as well, so you'd expect them to to probably you know probably get five points from that. Um, Bristol Northampton is is this evening. You expect them to win that as well. Um, but Sale have you know got to play Saracens, so um, uh, you never know. I think um, that's probably the game that that. Yeah, in terms of our, our competition, looking at the table, that's that's kind of the game that we'll be hoping that, that Saracens can can do a number on Sale there, and we then can move up level with Sale if we get that um, that that, that five point win against Worcester. So um, really important that we um, we keep pace with our rivals here um, because we have got some some more challenging games against Sale and Saracens later on uh, in the season. So um, yeah, need, need to need to keep winning, keep matching, or or doing better from the guys. The, the guys directly above, above yeah, us, obviously. It does look, though, Tom, like it's going to be four from, from five in that table. So, so the top five, that's probably going to be, be how it stands because there's, what, nine points between us in fifth? And, yeah. And, and, did you say that? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. so nine points between us in fifth and, and is it uh, Northampton? Northampton or and Gloucester, yeah, both on 41, 41 points. points. So it does look like it's going to be four of those top five getting to the top four. I think there is daylight now between between us and, and the sixth place team. Yeah. So just hopefully, um, uh, and Wasp have got a very tricky run in as we've spoken about, hopefully it will be us that are the team that, that make it into that top Yeah, four. four games less than you'd need a nine or, or ten point swing depending mm. on depending on points difference. So that's, that's um, you know, fairly Seems significant. Lot, yeah. um, and I think 
you know, whilst top six is always you know a big priority, and I think at start very start of the season we'd said you know that's that's the bare minimum. I think if you finish fifth with a bit of a gap into sixth and having just missed out on on that fourth or or even third position or even second position because you know it it's all within five points between second and, and us in fifth. Um, I think you'd you'd be pretty disappointed actually looking mm. back, particularly you know with the run of form that we're showing. Yeah, and I think it's key we do get five points against Worcester tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and I think it looks hugely promising. You know, based on on the form of both sides and based on the uh, two sides selected. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for joining me again. Enjoyed um, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these podcasts coming thick and fast. The rugby coming thick and fast. And you know, I almost feel a little bit like King Canute trying to stop uh, the way waves of rugby coming my way um but uh yeah they they won't stop and in a way um in, in a way i love it because um yeah not much else to do at the moment and plenty of rugby to kind of get our teeth stuck into so we will be back tom when will we be back on, on wednesday night yeah, should we, should we do, a, do. A, a, an instant reaction game e- either Wednesday night or, or, or Thursday uh, night? Uh, so looking back at that Worcester game and then previewing uh, the Sale game on Sunday. Is that right? Uh, at, yes. At, at the AJ Bell. Yeah. So so loads of rugby um, and the only way to keep. Um, on top of all things blue, black and white, is hitting that subscribe button in your podcast app and also uh, uh, following us on Twitter where we kind of you know, keep you up to date on the very few days when we're not pounding out a podcast. Um, thank you very, very much for listening. Thank you for, for sticking with the podcast. Please share it around with your mates. Please do leave us a review uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we really love listening to them. Uh, and please get in touch with us with your thoughts because as we say at the start, it is by the fans for the fans. Tom, thank you for joining me. Cheers, Enjoy man. the rugby uh, this midweek uh, and, and make sure everyone sticks behind the boys through thick and thin.